0: I invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. And this morning we're going to be reading verses 18 through 25. Would you stand with me, please? This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. And took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let us pray. Father, everything that is in your word is there for a reason. And I thank you so much for sharing with us this story and how it appeared, how it came about from Joseph's perspective that your Son, Jesus, would come into the world. Lord, we pray that these verses that we have read, Father, even as they were written as inspired word, that now your Holy Spirit would illuminate these words in our hearts, would bring them to life. And Father, that we would draw closer to you and more like Jesus because of our time in your word today. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. When it comes to Christmas shopping, there's a whole lot of things that you have to consider, right? Um, All sorts of things. Your budget. Uh, Yes, some of y'all, your budget is something you have to consider. It is important. You can love people and not buy them everything. But your budget, your time, the wishes of the people, how many people you want to help. There's all sorts of things you have to... To think about, but one of the most important things I believe in Christmas shopping is the surprise quotient. You know, the, the surprise factor. How well does that person you're, you're thinking about uh, accept or expect a surprise? You see, in my family, it kind of runs, runs the gamut. I mean, we, I, I'm not going to name names, but let's just say we, we've got some folks in my family that um, they don't want to know. In fact, if you love them, you better just know, and you better just come up with some things that are going to surprise them and overwhelm them, and how did you know i had been wanting this, And, and you just, you better do it. You better surprise them. And then on the other hand, we've got some folks that they would say that they love Christmas as much as anything else, anybody else. But if you gave them some kind of little handmade, heartfelt item that you have worked for hours on, they'd say, why would you waste your time on this? Uh, that's not on my list. I told you exactly what I wanted. And you, you know, they would be angry. Even if you got everything on the list, plus this extra thing, that's on the list, you know. I mean, they would be upset because they don't really like surprises. And then some of us are, are kind of in the middle. You know, we, we can handle a few surprises here and there, but... We kind of want what we want, too, so a little surprises are all right. Well, I have to say that Joseph must have had a fairly high surprise tolerance factor. Can you imagine as he's getting ready for, I don't know, whatever the next holiday was, we don't know for sure at what that time was, but let's just say it was Hanukkah. And he's in a happy Hanukkah mood, and he's getting ready, and he's, he's engaged, he's got a job, you know, he's a, he's a grown man, his life is moving forward, he can see everything as it's going to come out. Him and Mary are going to get married, and, and, and all of it's planned out. And then one day Mary comes to him, hey Joseph, uh, guess what? And she begins to tell him, um, now before I tell you what, you know, it's, it's going to be okay because it's all about God. You know, it's kind of like when someone calls you on the phone and they say, now I want you to know that your children are all right. And then they say that all of a sudden you've just jumped to, what in the world's happened? Because by trying to assure you, they've just made you understand some terrible bad accidents happened. And I can imagine she says, now this, this is going to be okay because this is the Holy Spirit here, Joseph. And she goes on and she tells him these things and i'm going to say he had to be one of the most chill and relaxed persons ever because it doesn't know it doesn't tell us what he responded right in that moment might not have been something we needed in scripture to hear but he does tell us that after he hears about all this stuff going on that he starts thinking and he starts considering you know a lot of us we would simply we wouldn't think or consider we'd react you know, we would have a gut reaction, and we'd just spill it out, and, and it'd all be done one way or the other right then and there. But the Bible says that he considered this, and he thought about this. And he loved God's law and his people, but he also loved Mary. And, you know, the, he was he was really torn because he knew, he thought he knew the kind of person she was, and now it looks like she's not that kind of person. And yet, even though... In his day and age, he could have publicly shamed her and med, had her life ruined. He said, I'm not going to do that. We're, we're just going to do this quietly. I'm so sad. I'm so broken that this is not going to work out. But we're going we're gonna to do this whole thing, you know, real quiet. Because in that point, that day and age, basically, even though you were just engaged or their word betrothed, you, to break that off was pretty much a divorce. And he said, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. And so he gets this visit, and the angel comes to him and says, Joseph, do not be afraid. It's so interesting to me that almost every time God appears to someone or appears through an angel to someone, some of the most common words they say to people are, do not be afraid. We see that later on when the shepherds are are confronted by the angel out in the field. And so often in Scripture, do not fear, do not be afraid. Sometimes that's because we can kind of be afraid of what God has for us in our life because he doesn't fit in that nice little plan that we make out for ourselves just like Joseph had his nice little plan. And the angel says, don't be afraid, Joseph. Because what is in her, what has been conceived is of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to give some instructions. And he begins to talk about how you're going to name this child. And, and that's, a, that's a really interesting transition there. Okay, um, it is true. <laughs> Mary hasn't lost her mind. She's not telling the biggest lie ever. She really is carrying the Son of God. And now, by the way, now that you've had plenty of time to process that information, let's go on to names. Okay, let's, let's get on to the really important stuff because, you know, there's only a few months to go and you need to know what to name this child. And so he begins to talk about the name. Now, why, do we, why are we named what we're named? Our parents have all sorts of different reasons. Again, I want, I want to name a name, but on our mission trip, one of our members in Belize was saying man, not only my first name, but my middle name. They're like, I couldn't get one regular name because, see, when you go on mission trips, y'all had to put your full name for these passports. We all got to know his name. And he's like, man, why couldn't they just give me one good one? And some of you feel like that. Some of you feel like, why did you do that to me? You know? I mean, people name people names for all kinds of reasons. You know, um, Robin Williams... Uh, he really liked a Nintendo game called The Legend of, well, he named his daughter Zelda, okay? So that, you know, that was, that was his thing. Some people, you know, naming their kids Apple or whatever. Now, I mean, who knows why, but it's really common to name your, your child a family name, right? Uh, we, we, we think about that all the time, about family names and, and you know, or, or sometimes we have meaningful names, you know, uh, when I first met Denise, and I uh, heard, her, you know, this is your child. What's her name? Marion? Did you say Marion? Uh, did you say Miriam? Um, you know, and all the things she's been called her whole life. And no, it's M-E-R-R-I-N. And, um, and oh, okay, I said, you know, you know, never heard that one before. Well, you know what? There's a great meaning to that name. And so she named her that because it was unique and because there was a great meaning. My own parents named me Timothy Daniel Lee, and I didn't know it, but they had uh, prayed that the Lord would you know, do whatever he wanted to do in my life, and it was, if it was his will, I'd be a pastor. And guess what? They never told me that. Never heard that. Not one single time growing up, I never even thought about being a pastor. I was never in the, the consideration at all. And one day in college, I come home to Mom and Dad, and I'm thinking this is going to be a tough decision because one time I had a really great history teacher and I thought I want to be a history teacher because my history teacher is so great and I go home and I and apologies to any history teachers out there let me say in advance my dad said you ain't going to be no history teacher you won't support a family that way like okay I'll do something else so a bunch of engineers in my family I thought I'm going to be an engineer and so I, I I work on that and you know and I'm I'm trucking down that road. I'm not making all A's, but I'm not making all F's. I'm I'm getting through the calculuses and all these bad things. And and then, you know, I feel this call of God on my life uh, to preach, uh, to be a minister for Him. And I remember thinking when I when it's time, okay, I gotta go home and tell mom and dad. And I remember what Dad said last time when I was a teacher. When I tell him I'm going to be a preacher, it's going to be a double flip out. You know, he, you know, he used to complain all the time about this preacher we had. He so said, he doesn't even know how to change his oil. You know, so I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. And, and, and I go home and I find out when I tell them my parents are ecstatic. And they had never once told me, but they had given me these names, Timothy and Daniel, the names of two young people in the Bible who loved God So much and served him with their heart. And and they had prayed and said, Lord, he's yours if, if you want to do this in his life. So we have lots of different reasons we have names for kids. And we come to this name of Jesus. And the angel says to Joseph, you shall name him Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. We've been singing the most wonderful songs today about Jesus and how he is a rescuer, how he is a savior, how he is a redeemer. And there's lots of things that we would like to be rescued and redeemed from in our lives. Sometimes we'd we'd like to be rescued from our bad choices. We'd like to be rescued uh, from a job situation we're in. We'd like to be rescued from a difficult relationship. There's all kinds of things we'd like to be rescued from. And yet, God says, Jesus was sent here and he loves you and he cares about all those things, but he was sent here to rescue you from the most important thing, the thing that you cannot rescue yourself from. He was sent here to save you from your sins. The name Jesus simply means deliverer, rescuer, healer, savior. All those are possible uh, translations or meanings of that name, Jesus. It is such a simple name. Five letters in the English language. Very simple. And yet it is the most powerful and profound name on the planet. Because God tells us in his word that one day, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. This morning, we are reminded through God's great love for us. That just like almost every parent chooses a name very carefully and has great meaning and and intention behind it. God did not randomly choose the name Jesus. But he chose the name Jesus so that we would understand more than anything else. And he's named all kind of other names. In fact, we're given this other name in this very passage. He's also called Emmanuel, God with us. And, And we talk about him being our redeemer and our rock and all these other things. But above everything else, God says, you need to know. That he is your savior. Your savior from what? Your sin. We all have lots of other things we might like to be saved from. And God will love us through those and help us through them. But he said, you got one big thing more important than anything else. There is a problem in your life that separates you from me. And that's sin. And you can't fix it on your own. And so I'm going to love you enough to give the best gift of all, my son Jesus, and he will save you. Pray with me this morning. God, we come to you, and Lord, we thank you for the free gift of salvation that you offer through your son Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you simply call upon us to look to him in faith. To believe on His name. That is, to believe that He can save us from that which we cannot save ourselves. Our own sinful nature. Lord, may those of us who have already believed, may we continue to be believers. May we be renewed in our belief and encouraged and strengthened in our belief. God, if there's one here today who's never understood the name of Jesus, that it's not just some religious thing, it's not a swear word, but Jesus means rescuer. And today they realize they need a rescuer, a savior. Father, I pray that they place their faith and their trust in your son Jesus today. Lord, as we have our time of commitment, may we respond to you and the work that you've done in our life both now and in the previous days. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.